Good morning out there in Radio Land. This is Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. A beautiful July 21st, 2023. So excited to be with you guys this morning. It's going to be a wonderful morning. It's going to be a beautiful day. Um, and God is going to reign supreme forevermore. Amen. Well, we don't have a ton of announcements. I'm going to streamline through to get Mr. Bjork's science department lifted off. But July 27th, not this Thursday, but next, well, next Thursday. Yesterday was Thursday, so of course it wasn't then. Next Thursday, July 27th, is Man Up here at Bethel Fellowship. We'll begin at 6 o'clock that evening. Um, we're going to be out back at the lake fishing, playing, um, probably have a little volleyball net or something out there, cooking out, grilling out, whatever we can get done. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be an um, awesome night to just fellowship with other men. Men, bring your sons out that evening. We're just going to make it a great night in the presence of the Lord. And... Um, it's all that begins at six o'clock again next Thursday night, July twenty seventh, um, and we're so excited for that. If weather does not permit us to be at the lake, we will just run inside. Um, even at the lake, though, we're gonna have some worship, and we are gonna have a testimony by Todd Mingus. So, um, just gonna be a great time for all the guys out there. Uh, VBS is continuing for Clarkson Community over there in Clarkson, Kentucky, and as well Hudson Community Church right down the road from us here over on four hundred one. Both of those are continuing forth. With their VBS, our VBS, August 3rd, 4th, and 5th is getting kicked off. We're re- we're uh, decorating and doing some work already behind the scenes and just so excited. We got a 100-foot obstacle course coming um, that Saturday. It's a wet, dry, inflatable. It's going to be awesome. So excited for that. An anonymous donor helped us out with that, and we want to thank them. They know who they are, and they're going to bring a lot of joy to a lot of people's life. And we're just excited for what God has done, is doing, and is about to do. For he is pouring out his spirit on all flesh. And we are going to see the sons and daughters come home for the glory of his name. Amen. Well, we've got our trivia question number one for this beautiful Friday morning, July 21st. Get your name two times in each two-week period for each drawing. Uh, you've got to call in. And uh, 270-257-2689 is the number to call. Friday question number one, sponsored by the Sicilian Bank. When Jesus was healing people, what prophet did he claim to be fulfilling? When Jesus was healing people, what prophet did he claim to be fulfilling? 270-257-2689. We will be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. Good morning. We're back in here on this beautiful July 21st, 2023 edition of Mornings with Box 2 Radio. What a glorious Friday it is to be alive and in the kingdom of God, serving the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We have an answer for our first trivia question this morning. Friday question, when Jesus was healing people, what did prophet did he claim to be fulfilling? It was Isaiah. Matthew eight seventeen that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the um, prophet Elias or Elias um, or Isaiah, however you want to say it. I don't know. Um, it's Isaiah, the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bore or bare our sickness. Amen. Amen. And Miss Mary Vincent got that answer, so her name's in for the drawing. We really are happy to see how well Brother Vern- Ernie's coming along, and he's come a long ways. Mm-hmm. Um, in the last few weeks, so praise be unto God for that, and we love Amen. that couple very much, and um, just praising God for the healing and the restoration, and all that God's still going to use that couple to do for the kingdom of God. Amen. 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 Well, we got our Friday crew in the studio. Uh, Brother Gerald, how are you doing? Doing great. 
doing great. great. Amen. It's good to have you. Yes, sir. Brother Ramsey, how are you? I'm doing good. Doing good? Yep. How's your treehouse coming? Uh, treehouse is done. Treehouse is done. <clears throat> yeah, I'm thinking about renting it out. Now, how many times <laughs> hey, have you man. had to sleep in it so far? Uh, <laughs> yeah, really. So far, <laughs> so good. <laughs> so far, so good. And Miss Hannah, how are you? I'm doing good. Yep, Miss Hannah will be out of the studio next week, so this is her last day for a week, and then she'll be back with us following week. So um, I'll be at the beach tuning in. Just rub it in. Just <laughs> rub it in. Yeah, rub it in. All right. Uh, <laughs> And Amen. so it's, I'm excited for them. They yeah. get to go and right. enjoy some beach time. Little Amen. beach time's never a bad thing. It's, I used to hate the beach right. until I went to Panama City. And then oh. I, I would go there any day of the week. Right. But um, I don't like the beach besides that. Right. I just well, really like that place. I used to love the water till I joined the Navy. <laughs> <laughs> then I seen so much I did. I don't even want to take a shower now. <laughs> we couldn't even dump trash unless it was 50 miles from land. Uh-huh. So... You'd be out there miles and miles and miles away from the land. Mm-hmm. So I saw a lot of water. You saw a lot of water. <laughs> a lot Amen. of water. Amen. 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 Mm-hmm. Brother Gerald, how's the, you was telling me a little about the pool hall. It's going good. Right, right. Okay, well, I'll just start where I started with you. Mm-hmm. Sunday night, I was going to open on Monday the 10th at 3 o'clock from 3 to 7. And... uh at church, a friend of mine, I was talking to him, and uh, I said, uh, you know, Philip went down to Samaria and preached Christ unto him, and there was great joy in the city. And then the Lord told him to go down to Gaza, which is desert, leave the revival and go to the desert. And uh, went down there and, and met the Ethiopian eunuch. The Lord told him to join himself with that chariot. Mm-hmm. And... The Ethiopian eunuch was reading Isaiah the prophet. So he was interested in actually Isaiah 53, Mm -hmm. that question you just had. But he was interested in the Word of God and the things of God. So I told Brother Jim, I said, I'm going down to Fordsville, and I'm looking for an Ethiopian eunuch, and he'd only have to be black. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So in the next day, uh, I was going to open at 3. It t- I'd, I'd been up to building uh, just trying to make sure I had stuff halfway ready where I could go ahead and, and, and open up. And uh, So at 2 o'clock, I'm about 8 minutes from home. I called my wife to get her to fix me a sandwich. Called her twice, couldn't get a hold of her. So I run home. I was going to fix them on if I had to. And she uh, was there and fixed me a sandwich. And I got back up approximately 25 till 3. Well, we have a, a table there in the front area that's got a glass front and it's tinted. And uh, we got a table there. So I sat down there and I was going to eat my lunch and be done by 3. Of course, be ready to go. Well, while I'm sitting there, I hadn't sat there for just a, a few minutes and, and eating on my sandwich. And I seen these two young people walking down the street on the other side of the road. I mean, they were adult size, but you could tell they were uh, reasonably young, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, they they walked down to where our building is, and then there's a driveway there, and they walk straight across and come to the door, and uh, it's got tent on the glass, so you can't hardly see in, so you had to look kind of close. And uh, they see me, and I wait them, come on in, come on in. So uh, they come in, and, 
and stood up and introduced herself and you know our names and everything and I told them, sit down, you know, um, I'm eating a sandwich trying to get ready. <laughs> so they sat down, and uh, I started sharing my testimony from uh, a child, whenever this scoliosis attacked my body when I was five years old, and some of the problems I went through with that. And we talked uh, right at 3 o'clock. This other young guy had come in that had helped me work in tiles on well, he sat down there with us while I was talking then. But uh, about 3 o'clock, I told him, well, if y'all want to go ahead and, and play pool, uh, you know, and I'll finish my sandwich. And uh, James is the young man, the first one to come in. Mm -hmm. He looked me straight in the eye. He said, no. He said, I want to hear more of your story. Mm -hmm. So I took about 20 minutes and went through my story mm -hmm. up to when I was going to blow my brains out and explained to him how I got born again and explained to him how being born again, what you had to do to be born again and receive Christ. And uh, and then after that, I got up and went and got him started playing and uh, come back and meet my sandwich. But uh, they were there, uh, this uh, Bryson, uh, his dad and uncle come in, and so they stayed for about an hour or so. They got there about four and stayed about five, I think, and left. Well, uh, James and Morgan, they were playing on a table by themselves, and they decided that they had uh, was done for the day. But whenever they got done, well, we stood there by the door and probably talked another 30 minutes about the Lord and being mm -hmm. a Christian and serving God. And, and uh, uh, they come back the next day, and then, uh, well, he's in Fordsville staying with his grandmother, and uh, uh, his mom was coming after him. And But uh, they come back this week, and they was there Monday and Tuesday, and... Uh, so he had to go back to Owensboro, but he's supposed to be back either today, uh, probably this evening. But uh, in the morning, I got some gutters that I need to work on on, on my house, and uh, James is going to help me work on my house. <laughs> I, I mean, we're just becoming great friends. Yeah. Morgan, his uh, girlfriend, uh, she's been born again, and, and she understood born again. And she uh, talked about when the Lord touched you. And she said, uh, are you talking about uh, the cold chills and the goosebumps? <laughs> I yep. said, yep, yeah. that's, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> and uh, so I got to meet my Ethiopian eunuch the first day. Amen. So the Lord, just, to me, just kind of put his stamp of approval Amen. Uh, 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 on the hangout with Jesus. Yeah, yeah. He, he does stuff like that, don't he? Yeah. He for sure does. Ooh. I, I wasn't expecting it. Ephesians three twenty exceeding abundant above yep. all the extra things. Yeah, amen. I, I really, really didn't expect it the first day. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I, thought, I thought it might take a while. Yeah, uh, 
Man, that was good. Hey, Amen. Sounds like it's going great. Oh. Glad that's off the off and running, and I know God's going to use it in mighty ways. Seems like He already has. So that's praise good. the Lord for that. Amen. Uh, dad joke of the day. We've got rolling in here. Why did the cookie go to the hospital? Because he felt crumbly. Um, <laughs> and so, but uh, we are praying for Brother Joey and Miss Megan this morning. They have their youngest is going through a surgery and having to be put to sleep for and everything to that regard. And so we're praying yeah. for a safe surgery, um, no problems or complications with anesthesia. And we've been praying for them last night and prayed with them, get on the phone. We gave them a prayer cloth and. Um, we're just believing God and continuing to pray that everything's going to be good. So keep us updated, guys. Love you all. I know Amen. that God's going to see everything go through without a hitch. Amen. Amen. Um, and we just have a great week here. We have been encouraged. Um, we love the hunger in people. Um, I love all the hunger than people that's been reaching out about studying their Bibles more, getting more into it. Right. Um, the translations thing, I didn't think it would take off like it did, but it really has taken off. And a lot of people has had talk back with that and that was um actually i thought by the end of wednesday nobody'd be listening and it seemed like we had more people listening than we have lately um because people was really um grasping to that and trying to learn and um <clears throat> and so we're just thankful that god has established such a great week this week here on mornings of box two radio um got a great hour and 15 minutes left this morning of um, Bible discussion and Bible dialogue. And as always, if you have any questions that you want us to answer, 270-230-6337 is the number you can text in. Again, that's 270-230-6337. We will give our honest attempt attempt to answer any Bible question that you may have. Uh, Bible dialogue discussions that you feel like is necessary and important to the body of Christ. Or um, I do love, I think it was Brother Joey said, even Wednesday, a lot of the um, a lot of the answers we gave to some what would be very practical questions is stuff that a lot of people think but never really want to ask. Um, so uh, <clears throat> we are we're just hungry, and I'm glad to see all the other hungry people. And Amen. I just got a picture of little Connor in his hospital gown, ready for surgery. So <laughs> and so he's he's ready. He's ready. He, wow. um, and so I know God's going to do all things according to his will, and it's going to just be a quick in and out, flawless, no complications in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Um, you, you know, I got, a, I, got a, I got a very easy question to lead us in. Very easy question. Did Adam have a belly button? I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 no, I'm just kidding. Um, <clears throat> uh, I, at first, I never really understood the question when people asked it. Like, I thought it was just always a funny question. Then I realized, oh, wait a second. He was never born, so he never had a umbilical cord. So did he have a belly button? Because you get a belly button from the cord. That's why you have the belly button. He didn't have a cord because he wasn't born. I think he did. Um, I think he just looked like anybody else. I think I think that I don't know what I think. <laughs> what, what's it had to do with salvation? Huh? Uh, yeah. it, it, that's the next question, right? <laughs> I don't know. Just like that one question, brother, on used to always answer. Remember that brother Ramsey always talked about if Joshua had one leg or not. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> hmm? It was. Yeah. Oh, I always said I don't know, brother. But he had he had a good point. He said leg. Yeah. In the key, in the word it says leg, not legs. He stood on his leg. Yeah. 
And so uh, those are the fun questions, and people always get a joy out of those to discuss and talk about them. Um, but I'm going to go with no belly button. No belly button. <laughs> you know, actually, I almost, I almost think I side with Hannah on it. I don't know why. Just, um, I don't think they. I think that Adam and Eve were definitely created to be humans. I mean, like, I'm not saying that, but I think that prior to the fall, the way they appeared was much different. Um, and I, I personally believe that it was not that they were just able to walk around without clothes, with no, um, you know, understanding of what nakedness would be. I believe they was walking around clothed in the glory of God. And I believe oh, they absolutely. radiated. I believe there was absolutely. a radiance about them. I believe right. there was a glowing about them. I believe there was a significant um, presence about them because they were full of the glory of God. And when they yeah. sinned, it wasn't that they just had to dress up and get clothes on. Mm -hmm. It was that they lost the glory. They lost communion. Yes, they lost absolutely. that. And, um, and so <laughs> uh, let's see here. Brother Wells said, shoe from off thy foot. <laughs> I see, see, people's already chiming in. Brother Wells, love Brother Wells. Um, and so it was always a question. But I do believe Adam and Eve, they lost a lot more than we ever think whenever sin happened and, and the curse happened. And, um, and so right. I don't know. I, I don't know if they had a belly button or not. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask Adam when I get to – I'm going to ask somebody <laughs> up there. Can somebody tell me about Adam? Um mm -hmm. I'm going to ask about, I'm going to, I have a list of people I want to talk to. Mm -hmm. Outside of Jesus, Brother Ramsey, outside of Jesus, who do you want to talk to in heaven? From the Bible, from the Bible. Oh, from the Bible. Which character would you like to talk to the most outside of Jesus in the well, Bible? I never really thought a lot about it, but you know, I'd have to think it might be the Apostle Paul. Yeah. Paul's mine too. Yeah. He's a very unique person. Yeah. Yeah. Very educated man. Yeah, he said he counted all as dung. For the cause of Christ, so yep. I, there's a lot of things I like to ask him. Yep. I like to talk to David. Yep, David. David would be good too. Yeah. Um, I was I always favored Paul. Um, I am gonna have a chat with Peter because <laughs> I probably most like Peter. Peter's the one I empathize with the most. I feel like I'm like a Peter because so many times in Scripture, Jesus would say something, Peter stand up and go, I would never do that, Lord. And yeah. I feel like I do that a lot. And then Peter would do the exact same thing he said he would never yeah. do, and that's me. Uh, Brother Wells said that's they were naked and not ashamed. That's what we know. Sure. Um, they were. There was a nakedness for sure. Right. And um, But I think there was a significance about what they were. Right. When you walk with the Lord in the cool of the right. garden, Right. If if Moses radiated from just seeing God on the mountaintop right. and talking right. to him right. up there, then think of what it would have been like to walk in the cool of the garden hand in hand with him. Right. There had to right. be a radiance. There had to be yeah. a covering of the glory. <laughs> and I think they the reason they really didn't even, you know, the reason they were not ashamed is they never knew shame. Right. They never knew guilt. They right. never knew anything right. to that regard. Right. And And so... Um, Joey says, I want to talk to Elijah and Elisha. Um, that would be a pretty cool conversation, too. Um, I'm, I'm trying to be careful who I say because I don't know some of these guys. I don't know if I don't want to put them in heaven if they're not in heaven. So I don't know. I'm I do want to talk to Paul, though. Paul's yeah. my guy. I love yeah. Paul. Yeah. I mean, for the first little bit, I'm gonna hang out with Jesus a whole lot. I'm gonna be around the throne just worshiping. That's that's you know, right now, personally. That's my only reason for just really wanting to go to heaven today. 
just to be with Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to have eternity. I can go talk to anybody I want to. But I, I want to go be with Jesus, I'm telling you. Yep. Jesus is the reason. Yeah. Um, Amen. But I, I believe Isaiah. Isaiah? Would be my favorite. Really? Yeah. 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 There's just so much in Isaiah. Yeah. About the Lord in, in the Old Testament. Such a revelation of Jesus. Yep. In the Old Testament. I mean, yeah. With Isaiah. You know, I never really heard a lot of people say Isaiah, but that makes sense. Miss yeah. um, Gail said that she will. Um, she wants to talk. Brother Well says Rahab and you, Ruth. Miss Gail says I would love to talk to Mary. Can you imagine raising God's son? I believe Jason. <laughs> I believe Jason Miller will probably sing to Mary up in heaven. Mary, did you know? <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's gonna go up and sing to Mary. Um, see, look, we have a lot of people chiming in right now. Um, Praise the Lord. Uh, I heard one preacher one time say that they wanted to see. Um, now this wasn't me saying this was another. This was another preacher saying they wanted to see. They wanted to meet Sarah because if she's ninety five and a light, I mean, and um, Abraham is lying about her being his wife, so that they don't get killed because of her beauty at ninety five. Yeah. <laughs> she yeah. was sharp lady. Wasn't she? Yeah, <laughs> she was a knockout. There ain't no uh, doubt about that. <laughs> brother Will says, and brother says, uh, and when Jason sings to her, Mary will say, "Yes, I did know." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she will. <laughs> yes, yeah. I did know. Yeah, I did. <laughs> oh, I'm going to ask Jason if he'll sing to Mary in heaven. Mary, did you? I bet. I bet a lot of people's going to Mary in heaven. Wherever we're at, wherever we're on the earth, heaven, wherever we're at, when they, you see Mary, I wonder if it's going to pop in our head from when we's on the earth. The song, Mary, did you know? Because I would be the guy that did it. Like, I would be that one, probably, that would walk up to Mary in heaven. Um, It'd be very tempting, yes. Yeah. Did you know? Yep. I I mean, we know in a way she did know, but uh, I I think she was even astounded herself when he really started his ministry. Yeah. Yeah. There's a difference in knowing it beforehand and actually seeing it take place. Exactly. Now, I would say if Jason went up to Mary, he would probably have to do, as he said on the radio that one morning, the dramatic lowness where you have to go Mary did you know <laughs> like I could just see this I'm playing it out in my head right now I think it's going to be amazing I hope when it happens I get to see it I see Jesus just laughing <laughs> <laughs> and all oh. of heaven just laughing yeah. yeah but you know one you know one person that I don't ever hear anybody say they would want to talk to in heaven that I really think would be a really cool conversation to have that's Noah Noah because, like, look at what, like... I think we just forget about him sometimes. Well, I mean, like, Noah, whenever he never rained before, right. God tells him to build a boat. Like, right. I would love to pick his brain and be like, Noah, was you building that boat and felt like a weirdo at times? Like, well, I mean, what did you feel like? Like, people mocking you, people making fun of you, and then, like, what do you... I don't know. I would. I think that would be a really interesting conversation to have. You talk about an intimate relationship with God. He had it. There's just no question. For him to do what he did, the size of a football field, and, well, we don't know it took 100 years, but yeah. very likely it took 100 years to build. I mean, so. I'm just trying to think today how you, um, if you're a pastor of a church and the Lord tells you to build a boat, how you take that to your leadership team. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys. <laughs> I was in prayer today, <laughs> and the Lord said, let's build a boat. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well, all right, spiritual, let's build a boat. No, we're going to build a physical boat. And it's going to be out of gopher wood. Right. And it's going to be awesome because God's going to kill, destroy the earth. Whoa, Whoa. pastor, I don't know. I love you, but right. Um, right. maybe you're maybe working a little too hard. Maybe you just <laughs> need to take a break. I love to see how he's going to bring that to the leadership team. Yeah. Amen. Do, you, do you have to take up a building program love fund for that kind of deal? If God told you to build a boat and you're a pastor, do you do a building program? I don't think so. I would love to hear how that pastor would word that building program. I never thought about that, but like the resources that it took Noah to build that. Like, exactly. Yep. It surely exactly. had to be supernatural to right. get, like get that much. Well, in yeah. Evan Almighty, it was supernatural. <laughs> Remember that movie? Did y'all ever watch that? No, Evan I Almighty? See, I have I watched it. It is hilarious. Remember, it is mm-hmm. funny. Wood just keeps appearing to his house, and then animals <laughs> appear to build it. It's amazing. Um, okay, I would want to talk to Abraham and Isaac, because that walk back home, the, the walk back home after that took place, that had to be Dad, I can't awkward. believe you were going to kill me. <laughs> that had to be very, very awkward. Like, did he have trust issues after that, or was there just like a supernatural peace where he didn't question it? Like, I just want to know. I don't know. It had to be. I just I, want to know the dynamic of that walk back home. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, Sounds like we have a lot of questions, but one good thing is we have a lot of time. We have a lot of time. <laughs> we have a lot of time to take care of them. Peter, did you mean to go for the head or did you go for the ear? <laughs> I've got to know this. Yeah. But I can see that Isaac talk like, Dad, it was really cool how that ram came out of nowhere, and I'm glad it did, but <laughs> what were you thinking? <laughs> Dad. <laughs> You know, in Hebrews, it, it says that Abraham seen him in a figure, uh-huh. and I believe God gave him a vision with Isaac, with Esau and Jacob probably sitting on his lap. Uh, he, he had to see something. I, I mean, well, Hebrews said that Abraham received him in a figure. He, he had seen something that convinced him that absolutely his son was going to live. Yeah. That God would raise him from the dead if he had to. Yep. Yeah. Um, I do. Whenever we go back to Genesis and the whole story, there, it, if when teaching it, there is pointers to know and to kind of give you insight that Abraham foresaw he really wasn't going to have to kill Ab- Isaac. I mean, I think he was willing to, but there's a couple of scriptures that's kind of challenging there, kind of going like, um, well, we discussed this on Wednesday night one time we taught it. And. I think the Lord really showed Abraham that he necessarily wasn't going to have to kill, like. But I think he was fully ready to. It's weird how I think that. I'm a, I'm like I'm an oddball in this. So, um, but there's a scripture in there that. Well, if you me. remember when before they went on on the mountain there, Abraham said to the people that was with him, he said, "Stay here, and me and the lad will return." That's one of them. Yeah, he said it. He right. said we'll come back, but he. In his brain, I think he was fully willing to sacrifice. Yeah, if he want, if I think he, so. But whenever he says that, that we will return. There's another one in there too. I have to. I need to go back and make sure I word it right. But there was two or three scriptures in there where he alluded to the fact of they're returning. Right. They're going to be right. all right. So the Lord the, will provide. That's why I say that God gave him a vision uh-huh. of Isaac being an adult, probably, and maybe Esau and Jacob sitting on his lap. I yep. mean, he gave him a vision and seen him in the future. Yeah. So. If he had to, uh, well, I mean, the Bible says that he believed that God would raise him from the dead. Sure. If he had to. So. Yeah. 
Well, we're going to do our second trivia question of the day. Um, we've had some lighthearted discussion, and that is completely okay because you know why? Laughter is good medicine for your heart. Compared, that's what Proverbs said. Amen. That's what the but, name Isaac means, I think. Is it laughter? I think so. I believe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Because Sarah laughed. Yes, Sarah yeah. laughed. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah, you're right. Blame it on Sarah. Um, here we go. <laughs> Friday question number two, sponsored by Higdon Land Survey, and we sure appreciate them being an underwriter and sponsor of the Boxy Radio Network. What widow had her son's had her de- dead son brought back to life by Jesus? What widow had her dead son brought back to life by Jesus? Two seven zero two five seven two six eight nine. We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box Two Radio on the Box Two Radio Network. Oh, um, we don't. We don't have a trivia answer. Oh, Miss Gail got it right. Okay, all right. I see it now, Mariah. Sorry, Miss Gail got the answer to the trivia question correct, and that answer is the widow of Nain. What widow had her dead son brought her back to life by Jesus? So, congratulations, Miss Gail. Get your name in for that drawing. Awesome stuff. Um, so excited for you to get your name in for that two-week period. She also has a Bible question for us. Why do you think Jesus hesitated to do the miracle with wine at the wedding? Now, I'm thinking, I'm, I guess you're applying to, uh, you know, my time has yet not come. Why you concern me? Um, I personally think it was not just about the kind of miracle it was. What I believe it was when Jesus was alluding to that is he was saying, what's this got to do with me? Like, I just came here. This isn't my wedding. This isn't my family's wedding. This wedding's not my responsibility. So what's this got to do with me? Because I think he uses that vocabulary. I'm not there, yeah. but I think he uses that yeah, vocabulary yeah. there. It's real close. Yeah. And um, and I think he was basically, for me, the hesitation wasn't so much coming because he really didn't want to do a miracle or anything like that. The hesitation got like, what's this got to do with me? Like, And then he did say and allude to, my time has yet not come. Right. And so, but you can't really, I don't, to decipher how that what he's applying there, I think is more of a difficult thing because he does end up doing the miracle, for, and I think he does the miracle more than anything just because of Mary's faith. Right. Um, and I think that that Mary's faith when she turned around and told the servants, "Whatever he tells you to do, you do it." Do it. Um, I think that was a statement of faith on her part. Amen. And I think her faith activated Jesus to do it. Um, but I don't think that was, and I, but I don't want to say too that well, Jesus really wasn't supposed to start then. And he did it anyway. So he kind of like cheated. Like, I don't think that was what he was saying by no means with the, mm-hmm. my time has yet not come. But y'all can right. chime in whatever y'all want. Yeah, that, that sounds reasonable to me. Yeah. This was his first recorded miracle in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, it shows the relationship that he had with his mother. I didn't realize it, but they their relationship must have been real close, even really though it was real, real strained because it was... Uh, it was tough, you know. Mm-hmm. She had to see him suffer a lot of things. Oh, yeah. my. It'd be hard. You, you mothers know more than us dads how hard it would be to see your child be beaten and suffer. Yeah. And to constantly be dreading the day that thing, things will happen that yeah. were mentioned, you know, things that he mentioned in forward thinking. Mm-hmm. You know that she had to know that things were coming. You know, she knew that how powerful he was that he was the son of god so she she i'm sure she had some sort of mother's intuition some sort of discernment of you know that almost like you know when your heart drops to your stomach like just that uh right. that 
dread for when bad things would happen right. to him. You know, she said that she, she pondered those things in her heart, so uh, those things about his birth, and no doubt she knew uh, these things too was coming to pass. But she kept them, you know, and pondered on them, and it must have been tough. Yeah. Well, you know, being Jesus, he prepared her all he could prepare her. Yeah. I, I mean, he, he let her know everything that he knew that would help her and prepare her to go through it because he knew it's going to be terrible. He knew how much his mother loved him. Mm-hmm. And uh, even though he was God's son, I mean, he knew how much she loved him. And you know that being Jesus, he did everything he could to prepare her uh, to go through that ordeal for sure. Yeah. yeah. And even though it was a very hard place to be at being married, it was also probably the greatest blessing ever. Amen. Um, Lord, yes. Like, imagine, like, she was chosen to have that personal of a relationship Amen. with the Son of God. Like, I still can't wrap my mind around that. <laughs> no, like, we can't no. either. Like, That's that is just, it's just amazing. Yes, yes. And yes. I'm sure, I mean, even even though it was very hard, I'm sure, like, that was enough for her. Like, right. she could just cling to that. Her memories with him, like, that's enough. Like, all right, I'm ready. Take me home, Lord. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. You know? Amen. Yeah. Amen. Um, they, now, they, um, there's a follow-up question. Do you think he knew his humanity dreaded his death and he knew he had only had three years to minister? So, along with these same lines, do you think he knew his humanity dreaded his death and he knew he only had three years to minister. Well, let me decipher that. I think that he understood he was going to have to die. Yes. A hundred percent. And 100%. I think that it weighed on him. I mean, um, right. Right. even in the garden when he knows what's about to happen. Yes. You know, let this cup pass for me. Nevertheless, your will be done, not right. mine. Right. Um, he's sweating drops of blood in the garden. Right. And that's a medical condition saying his heart's about to explode from stress and the weight of what's happening. Right. And. He felt that his whole life. I mean, yes. he he alluded to so many times. And if you if you go back to what he said, my time has yet not come. I think he knew his time for crucifixion had not had yet come place. I mean, come right. come into place or come into fruition. Mm-hmm. And he's not revealing himself to all of Israel as the Messiah yet. Right. Um, it, I don't think it was so much about not doing the miracles, but once he started doing the miracles, it was starting. It was going to like you know, it was going to bring up the whole Messiah issue and and right. he's starting to declare himself to be god and um now it unravels this is his first public ministry mm-hmm. um i mean first public ministry miracle that is recorded uh i don't i'm not with dakes on a few i like the dake study bible like we talked the other day i am i don't think he mary threw at the bath water it, it hit a bird or hit an animal or something like that and it got healed i mean like actually he was a child i think it was a child like i think the I think the story goes that Jesus took a bath, Mary threw the water out, it hit somebody that was sick, and it healed them. All right, I don't, I don't get too caught up in all that. Um, where, do, where do they get stuff? I like don't know that? where they get that stuff. It so, comes from hell. I'll tell you where. But it um, from. the first recorded miracle that we have is turning water into wine, and I believe that he was making a statement. His time has not yet come. He's right. not ready to be crucified. Do I? Do I think he knew he had three and a half years of crucifixion? I don't know if he knew that from the very first. Um, I really don't. I can't tell you for sure because I always go back to Jesus was not on a, um, 
all knowing on earth. Right. The father was still revealing things. He surrendered a lot of things. He, he surrendered certain aspects of his divinity to walk on earth as man. Because if he was all knowing, then he could not empathize and sympathize with our needs or what we go through. Because um, do I know, did he know he's going to be betrayed? Yes, because he called out Judas. Right. But that was more of a, the father revealing it to him, mm-hmm. showing him. Mm-hmm. And so I think the Lord was unraveling things to him. And mm-hmm. Jesus, I mean, actually, you know, even he talked about the son, the second coming, and he said even the Son of Man don't know Right. at that time. Do I believe he knows now? Yes, but Absolutely. I believe on the earth I don't think he did. Right. I, he don't exactly. lie, so he said it. Exactly. Um, so do I know if his if he knew the whole time his earthly ministry was going three and a half years? I can't tell you that. Right. But I do know he knew the—he did know the crucifixion. He yes. knew what he was coming yeah. for. Yes. Um, and he speaks of it often. Amen. And Amen. Uh, now, was he born with that? Like, was he two year old going, I'm going to die? I don't know. Like, I really don't. I don't think so. I think I it was he grew in wisdom and stature. He grew yes. in revelation. Yes. And I think as he walked, even amidst those three and a half years, I think the the path and the the plan was being unraveled and revealed as he went. Yes. And Amen. I think that's why he had to get away in prayer. Amen. Absolutely. I think about uh, when he was uh, age 12 or whenever it was, he, he was teaching in the temple. I think that he was growing, uh, Brother Aaron, I think you're right. He was growing and he was teaching in the temple. Yeah. You know, and I think we could say in leaps and bounds. He was growing in leaps <laughs> and bounds because, you know, he's pure and holy and didn't have to deal with sin and, and stuff that we'd have to deal with and studied uh, the Torah, Torah. Yeah. Uh, all the time and knew it well. And so, yeah, I, I think his spiritual growth was uh, surpassed anything any other human has, has done. Yeah. Um, another question popped in. When Jesus said to Peter, the flesh is weak, whose flesh was he speaking of? So in Matthew twenty six forty one, he's sitting there. And we'll read verse 30. Well, let's go back to... He, this is the context, so I won't read too much. Jesus is in the garden praying. He mm-hmm. tells Peter and John to pray with him. Right. So he comes back, and he finds in 38, Then saith unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful. That's Jesus talking to himself. Even unto death, tarry ye here and watch with me. Right. And he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O oh, fa- oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep and saith unto Peter, What could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Mm-hmm. I believe right here in that context, he's talking to Peter. I actually think he's talking to Peter. Yes. He's saying, um, The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. I don't think it's that Peter didn't want to pray. Right or anything like that. I think I think right. they were struggling. I think they were tired. But Jesus, is like, look, your spirit's willing, but your flesh right. is weak. Like, right. come on, let's let's wake up, Amen. watching with me, watch Amen. with me. Amen. But I do think too that in this regard, I do think Jesus's spirit was really willing, but I think his flesh was weak, and I don't think that undermines or takes away anything from Jesus because he's struggling. He is struggling he is here. Struggling. He's saying, Father, if it be your will, please take this away. I don't know if I can drink this cup. I don't know if I can do this. And I think that we think Jesus just went through all of this with no problem. But it had to be a tremendous thing for him to walk through this. Absolutely. Uh, To the extent that history will record that his hair turned white. 
in the midst of this. Um, and that they, whenever he came back as a, he had a hair white as wool, they think that his hair actually turned white because they said that from the medical condition that when he said his, when the Bible says his blood, he was sweating drops of blood. That is when blood starts coming out of your pore, that means there's so much stress and weight going on in your body right now that your heart is medically about to explode. And in that moment, your hair will literally turn white. And, and so I think even his countenance is changing. His physical countenance is changing. He's struggling, and he is saying even himself, my spirit is so willing. But, Lord, you're going to have to help me because my flesh is weak. Mm-hmm. And I think even though he was directing this towards Peter, I think it was a statement of principle that right. everybody will mm-hmm. go through a time in our life mm-hmm. when our spirit is willing. Yeah. But our yeah. flesh is weak. Right, right. You think that, I mean, <clears throat> I'm thinking about how that could apply when you were talking about, like, the medical terms. Like, to those that are battling sickness. Mm-hmm. Like, those that are battling, like, constant sickness or, like, medical conditions that they have to deal with every single day. And I think, sure. I think those of us that are healthy and don't have, like, um, certain medical conditions that keep us from functioning day to day, I think we take that for granted a lot of the time because... A lot of times physical, physical barriers like that, like physical uh, conditions are, I would say, I don't know. It's just one of the hardest things to to be walking in pain constantly every single day. But yet still your spirit is willing and and Christians who want to serve the Lord and they're, they're doing all that they can, but they have this physical, I mean, like the woman with the issue of blood, like, I mean, so many people we see, but like even just physical pain that people carry with them every single day. And I just wonder, I just think about that. that Their spirit is willing. They want to do all that they can for the Lord, but they have these, um, these conditions. Yep. And then the enemy will put that condemnation or that guilt, like, you know, the Lord's called you to do this, but you just can't do it. And you should yeah. feel bad about it. Like, you know, uh, if you're walking through a stage of your life right now where your spirit is willing, you're hungry to do something, your physical body just don't let you all the time. I know God can supernaturally heal and restore, but sometimes God allows you to walk through a season. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes I've heard this. God allows people to walk through these seasons so that they learn to let other people help them and they learn to let the body grow around them. And they, I've actually, uh, I've actually heard from pastors and leaders that they've walked through seasons where their spirit's willing, but their flesh is weak or they're encountering some kind of medical thing or a physical thing. And they've had to back out of certain things, but then like the whole ministry started to flourish because now there was other people being activated for certain things that maybe they were just doing over and over. And um, I could see that being true in a family as sure. well. If there's mm-hmm. a, you know, like a parent yeah. that's going through something like that, and then, right. you know, their kids start stepping up, and yeah. their kids start right. learning how to 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 do things, Amen. to to be independent, to Amen. serve, to <laughs> sure. to go farther yeah. than their parents. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, growing up in a family of twelve, <laughs> I guarantee you, the kids learn how to. Oh yeah. Do a whole bunch of stuff, you know. Uh, yeah. And it's yeah. good for them. I mean, uh, uh, that that was one of the best things that ever happened to me. I mean, my dad teaching me to work. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and if he would tell me to do something and I had never done it before, well, Daddy, I don't know how to do that. I ain't never done that before. He'd say, boy, you can't learn no younger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I love that statement. Because, man, in other words, get to it. Yeah. You, you, you can do it if you just do it. <laughs> now, one thing I think that when Jesus told Peter this, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. 
I think one thing that Jesus is demonstrating to us as well in these seasons of our life that we walk through is the big five-letter word, trust. Right. That Jesus displayed great amount of trust right here because he said, look, mm-hmm. I don't know if I can make this. I mean, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, but it's not my will. It's your will. But you're going to have to help me. Amen. But I trust in you to walk. I trust that what you're asking me to do I'm going to get done by your grace and your mercy, and you'll empower me. And honestly, that trust produced this faith. I mean, Jesus had faith on the earth, too. Like, you right. know, it's we've got to understand he he operated as a man on the earth. Amen. He was God in the flesh, but everything yeah. he did was as man, Absolutely. as man. Absolutely. Because he had to sympathize and empathize with everything that we go through. Right. And when Jesus displayed that trust, when Jesus displayed that faith, what happened? Angels came and ministered to him. And I believe the angels had to come minister him in the garden because if the angels didn't come and minister, I think he would have died and he wouldn't have got to the cross. You've got a and, point there. Yeah, and I so I think the the trust was activated right there. Right. And he displayed trust and then God showed himself strong. Amen. And so in those seasons of life, like Hannah was talking about and what we were just alluding to, that you know God's got this call. You know God's got this plan. Maybe you're just not able to do what God's calling you to this moment. Trust him because eight Romans 8.28 is not in there on accident. He right. works all things together for his good according right. to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Uh, uh, the thing about that, sure, he's not going to call you to something that you can't do. Mm-hmm. That he's not going to give you what it takes to do it. Yeah, I mean, God's not stupid, and uh, if He knows you can't do it and you won't trust Him, He's not going to call you to do it. Yep. Right. But there is sometimes I've walked in my life that I know God's getting me from point A to point B. Right. But there's a journey, and in that right. journey, sometimes we got to learn trust. We got to right. learn faith, and mm-hmm. um, Amen. and and I don't. I mean, and sometimes He'll get things to in you that you necessarily didn't want to answer to, right. and um, like I know that one of the things that I that leaders struggle with a lot is delegation. Now, mm-hmm. sometimes you don't have people to delegate to, and God's got to give you a team to delegate to. Um, I understand that too, but you know, it's I've seen I've seen where Lord will move things around just to get other people in certain positions that He's called them to be, right. and um, and I feel like one of the greatest things the Lord's doing in the earth today is positioning people where they need to be. Right. And not where there's a good place for them to be or an open place for them to be, but the place they're supposed to be. Right. And God's raising up the body. He's putting the puzzle piece together. Right. Um, he's doing Ephesians 3 and Ephesians 2. He's He's knitting and joining us together. Mm-hmm. He's joining us together so that we can become the habitation of the Spirit of God. And as we preached last Sunday morning, there's no cracks in the armor. There's no cracks. There's no leaks. We we. Right. We flex sealed this thing so much that it ain't coming out. All right. Amen. Um, and we are just, he's preparing the bride. He's preparing the bride. Amen. And you're talking about uh, the coming together. I've been going to a Christian meeting in Calton, Indiana. Pastor Darren? On Tuesday morning. Yes, sir. And I think there's about seven or eight different churches represented there, different Baptists, Methodists, you know, Pentecostals. It's like a melting pot. Right, but I mean, I mean, mostly old people because sure. young people got jobs and stuff. They can't be there, but uh, I mean, I just love being in, in that body and meet new people and kind of find out where they're coming from, but then praying and and seeking God together and just studying yeah. the Bible and just uh, yeah doing things, yeah, uh, 
like they're doing some things with the homeless and people that need help and stuff like that. You know, just it's good doing, stuff. doing the works of Jesus. Yeah, but I, I just love the fact that there are so many different so-called names in, involved and, and, coming together. And we never mention, you know, if I'm a Pentecostal or a Baptist or a Methodist or whatever, you know. I mean, that is never mentioned. We're centered around Jesus, and Amen. I love it. I, yeah, I don't know what I am. Yeah. Um, well, I haven't figured uh, it out yet. Uh, uh, the Bible says that I, because I've been born again, to as many as received him. You've become him. a son of God. I'm, yeah. a, I'm, I'm a, a son daughter of God. You're a daughter of God. Amen. 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 That's all I know. You know, um, I was with me and Brother Tim was talking in the office yesterday during um, the lunch hour, and we were talking about the ten virgins but we started talking about how they were prepared the brides back then for the king and mm -hmm. so you know the the bride was already chosen like the bride was chosen the bride was picked they're their she's going to be the bride but before the bride and the king solidified the marriage they would and there's no other way to say it like it's going to sound really bad when i say this but this is what they did they basically marinated the bride like they would perfume her they would take her through sometimes almost a year of preparation for a one night with the king like that's esther remember that and mm -hmm. and so they were just like they were preparing her they were making sure all the impurities were out they were making sure her smell was beautiful they were making everything sure everything was perfect and I feel like that's what the Lord is doing with his bride today. And I believe that we are his bride, but he is preparing us for his coming. Amen. And there's going to be a day that we are given to him as his gift. Amen. Because literally we are what's going to be handed to him, the nation, his kingdom. Mm -hmm. And and so, but the bride is going to be his. And he's going to take his bride unto himself. And we are going to become one with him. We're going to be with him for eternity. And we're going to be in communion with him. And what he's doing in the earth today, I think, is preparing, he's preparing his bride. He's he's marinating his bride. He's getting them the perfume. He's taking away all the impurities. He's he's giving them the perfection because when Jesus gets his when Jesus gets his bride, it's a holy bride. It's a right bride. It's a pure bride. It is not a adulterous bride. It is not a bride that's on the fence. It is not a bride that looks halfway decent but then has that other. It is a pure holy bride. And I believe today what's going on for the last 2,000 years is the bride has been being purified. He is getting a, he is getting ready to come and collect his prize, mm. his gift, his his bride. Mm. And for me, I can't I can't I can't wait for it. But I believe all this unity, all of this coming together, all this outpouring of his spirit, all these things that's going on, on the earth today, is to prepare the bride to be that holy yeah. and pure bride that's going to be given to him. Right. But the end of the world is coming and uh, that that's where a lot of purification is coming from i mean we see things coming on this earth and we know it's getting close and uh terrible things are going to happen and we need to be prepared but uh talking about being holy and wanting to smell good and be clean it, isn't that us isn't that our heart today I mean, we don't want no kind of old dirty sin on us at all if we can help it. You know, we want to be clean for the Lord, Amen. knowing that the blood's the only one that cleanses us, but we still want to be as clean yeah. and and as smelly as we can be to yep. Him. Marinated. <laughs> Marinate me <laughs> some more, Lord. Amen. All right. Amen. Um, that's, that's the only word I can think of. Like, it's not a good word because it makes it feel like a steak or something. <laughs> but, you know, it's it just... 
I mean, flavors up. Get us, Amen. get us right. Get Amen. all the impurities right. Yes, Soak yes, us in yes. the perfume of your presence. Yes, well, let us be the yes. sweet incense that drives up to his nostrils. Yes. Amen. Like all these things. That's our worship. Amen. Um, Amen. So I don't know. Just what I we used to talk about that, and we both just kind of kind of got that revelation. Like, right. man, that's that's really what he's doing. He's marinating his bride. Right. Praise the he's Lord. He's getting us ready. Amen. Brother Ramsey, how do you feel about that? Or, uh, do you like being marinated? Uh, I guess so. <laughs> 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 I'm learning. I'm learning from you guys. Yeah, it sounds good to me. As far as getting pure and clean and holy, yes, yeah, yes, yep. we we want it all. Yep. Well, um, before we go to break, little Connor is back and he is um, he is being prepped and he is asleep. Went to sleep just fine. So they're starting the surgery. So, Father, we just thank you for your grace. Yes, we thank you yes, for your provision, yes, Lord. Yes. We know that all things are going to work together yes. for your good, that you are going to see this surgery fine. Yes. There's going to be no complications. Connor yes. will wake up with no um, no, no, no complications whatsoever, yes. Father God. And we yes. just thank you. You're guiding the surgeon's hand. Everything's going to be done just according to your will, and it will go perfect. It will go easy, and there will be nothing happen outside of what's supposed to happen. And we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. We are here for the last 20 or so minutes of this week's Mornings of Box 2 Radio. As always, it's been such a great week, and we are so humbled and thankful and honored that you have trusted us with your ear two hours every single weekday morning here on the Box 2 Radio Network. We don't take it lightly, and we are com- and um, grateful, and we are humbled, and we are honored the fact that you give us your ear. I know school's coming right around the corner. August 11th is the first day here at Bethel Christian Academy, and um, if we still have room, especially in the middle school and the elementary school. Um, so if you're interested in getting your kid into that, you can call the office at 270-257-8330. We love to help and serve alongside of you to give your kid a biblical worldview education to where they're not just getting a quality education, but they are also getting a biblical worldview and how to see the world through the lens of the Bible and not try to make the Bible fit into the lens of what we call the world. Um, So we have a biblical worldview. And when we say we want to give the kids a biblical worldview, that is saying that everything they interpret in their life, we want to see, we want them to see through the guise of the Bible. Um, And so it's, um, it's a joy. It's an honor to do that. If you want more information about Bethel Christian Academy, you're welcome to call this, the office at 270-257-8330. Um, it is what we believe a quality education, but also Amen. we believe that it is an affordable one as well. And a lot of times Christian academies and Christian education scares people <clears throat> off because of the price of it. It is, it is a little bit pricey in some areas, but we try to hold it as to a affordable um, price and um, because we want any kid that wants to come here to be able to come here. Amen. That's our conviction. Amen. And so we are tremendously lower, not because we devalue what we do, we keep it lower because we value you, and we want you to be able to get your kid a Christian education if that is your conviction without fear of not being able to pay for it. So, Amen. Amen. Um, yeah, the government really needs to pass the law uh, of school choice mm-hmm. where the child can go. The money follows the child. Yeah. Every child that comes here, uh, the parents, they pay taxes to uh, fund public school and and their child if they come here uh they don't get any benefit from the public school which is thank god mm-hmm. uh, that they don't have to go but i mean they pay all them taxes if uh 
the money followed the child with a school choice, the money could go to the Christian school, and and you'd have money to hire the teachers and and do all those other things that the public school has has got. How many people would put their child in a Christian school instead of sending it to public school? Mm-hmm. I mean, where they want to teach everything in the world that they shouldn't teach. Yeah. yeah. And, well, well, didn't George Bush try to get this passed with the vouchers for school, school vouchers? Yeah, they, um, the state of Kentucky is working on it. That's all we can say. It didn't pass the state Supreme Court in the state of Kentucky, but um, they've not given up. So it, it's mm-hmm. they're trying. They're trying. Um, and so we'll see how that happens and see how that goes. And, um, you know, which we are just – we take it as a great honor to – to serve you and to serve your kids and um, and really try to get a biblical worldview. And this year we are so excited. We got some more. Um, we've worked a little bit on the spiritual aspect of, you know, chapels and Bible class. I'm, I'm really excited because um, this year I get to have the high schoolers every single day for about 45 minutes and teaching the New Testament. So um, I get them every single day, and I'm, I'm really excited about that. We work Amen. schedules out for that. And then me and Hannah's going to be um, splitting the age groups up on Friday, and we'll um, we'll have some things in the making for that. So, Amen. Um, we're really excited what God's going to do, and we're believing God for a revival in the academy. Absolutely, and, um, absolutely. That's our prayer. So uh, I'm just excited. Amen. I'm just really excited. We all are excited. We're stirred for this new school year. So, um, the the staff over there does a tremendous job, and. Um, Justin Hatfield helps leads the school, and we just kind of we're just seeing God do amazing things. Acts two seventeen. So he, Amen. 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 I, I mean, it's it's going to be worldwide, brother. Amen. It's not just going to be Bethel, and it's not just going to be Fordsville. I mean, it is worldwide. Mm-hmm. And in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. That covers everybody around the twenty five thousand miles of of the earth. Amen. I mean, God is going to do it. The world's coming to an end. And we got to get ready. He is definitely pouring out his he, spirit. He's pouring it out. He's he pouring, pouring it out. out. Amen. Amen. Hannah, you got anything for us? I was thinking before we went to the break, I wonder why people don't teach and talk about the the cup of wrath as much mm-hmm. as they do the cross. Yeah. What he drank. Yeah. Well, well I, just the whole, that whole scene. Like, I just yeah. feel like it's not talked about, taught about. Um, as much. Yeah. Well, I, I do believe this at the end of the day. Um, some There has been some surveys done and stuff like that. But I would say that, unfortunately, most even Christians don't really know the gospel. Like, we have the idea that, like, we know the gospel to the extent of, well, you say the sinner's prayer, believe in your heart, confess your mouth, and you're going to go to heaven. But we really don't understand all that was incorporated in the gospel. Um, so, like, for us you've heard this word before, is stoterology, which is the study of salvation. So stoter, salvation, ology, course study. So you're studying of salvation and all the things that is incorporated in that. So the propitiation, the expiation, the adoption, the justification, all these words that most of us don't really know. Um, but once we start to understand them in a practical sense, what they mean, and the fact that he drank the cup of wrath, that wrath was due unto me for my sin. Right. Nobody deserves heaven. Nobody deserves heaven. 
but grace is unmerited favor, and he made a way for us to be made right. Right. But that involves somebody had to take the wrath. Amen. And the double imputation of Christ's righteousness would say that my wrath or my sin is imputed unto him, and his righteousness is imputed unto me. Amen. And we literally switch jackets. Right. We literally switch jackets. Amen. And on that, in the garden, the reason he was so stressed and wait is in the garden, he was literally not... First Corinthians reminds us that he who knew no sin. So he didn't never he never sinned. Right. But he became sin so yes. that I may become the righteousness yes. of God. Is that Second Corinthians five twenty one or is it first twenty? Yes, it's second Corinthians five twenty one. Um and so he became sin so that I may become righteous. Amen. But in the garden he, I believe he became sin right there and he drank the cup of wrath. Mm. And I believe he drank the cup right there. Mm. And I believe that's the weightiness of it. And I believe in that moment, the weight and the stress that he had was me. It was my Mm -hmm. sin. Mm -hmm. It was him drinking my sin and becoming sin so that he could take it to the cross and kill it forevermore. It's a beautiful picture of the gospel. Hallelujah. And it it should get us fired up when we really understand what he did. Yeah. Yeah. And if people looked at that, how could they ever think that uh, baptism could save somebody or something, something... And, and do I think baptism important? I really do. You know, if I've been born again, I, I need to be baptized and, and let the world know that, yes, I've given my life to Christ and, and I'm going to serve him. I mean, I, I need to do that uh, just for them to, to, to make the statement that, yes, I, I'm a child of God and I'm going to live for him. But to think that putting me in water and covering me up and pulling me out would save me is saying that Jesus was a fool for going to the cross. I mean, oh, it's a horrible thought for anybody to, to me to even think like that. When he paid the price that he paid for my sin and the horrible price that he paid. This all he's talking about. Is, they said that I, I, I don't think I had ever heard that about the sweating of blood that their heart was about to explode. I mean, it makes sense when you said it, but I don't think I'd ever heard that before. But, uh, I mean, he, he he suffered death almost before he got on the cross, really. Mm-hmm. So, amen. Yep. Um, and I think to, to understand the cups, you're going to have to understand the Passover cups and the four cups that were represented. Um, if you've ever done a Seder, you will have the four cups. Um, and you have the first cup, the cup of sanctification, the second cup, the cup of deliverance, and the third cup is the cup of redemption. Now, the cup of redemption, does it includes the cup of wrath because for redemption to fully come into place, he had to redeem us. And so that third cup that he's drinking is the cup of redemption. Sanctification, per se, would have been he's bringing us out. Like that was when he brought him out of Egypt. We celebrate that, right. the deliverance. Um, I mean, we see all these cups, and I don't have time to teach all those cups this morning. Um, but if you ever do a Seder, if you ever do a Seder, we go through all that, and we go through the different cups. And Now, the Jews would leave that fourth cup there. We believe the fourth cup has been fulfilled through Jesus Christ. So um, one day I might, I'll try to go into that one day um, it, it, to do the whole Seder overview because you can't just leave one cup independent. you got to do it all together. It does take a little time to go through the course of all that. Um, I did my first – I performed the first Seder I ever did last year, and that was – that that pushed me a lot, um, but I learned a lot, actually. I mean, even being able to perform the Seder and to officiate 
I don't know what you do. Is it a call a fish? Yeah, just say it. I don't know what you just say. Um, but um, I'm always I'm always there. I mean, I'm I love to understand my Jewish, my Hebrew roots. I understand. Right. I'll, I'll, I think it's important to know because you don't understand scripture unless you understand that. Um, but the way we did it last year with the Seder, we we brought Jesus into all of it. It was like Jesus and every part of it. So how did Jesus fill that cup? How did Jesus do this? What was Jesus fulfillment of that? And so I love that Seder. Um, but I'm not going to do a Seder. I I will not participate in a Seder where I'm looking for the Messiah to come yet because he's already come. Right. So if I'm in a Seder, it's going to be because Jesus is coming. I'm going to celebrate that, and we're going to talk Amen. about that. But Amen. I will not participate in one where we're still looking for Jesus because right. we're not. Oh, no. He has come, and he has died, and he has resurrected, and he has ascended forevermore at the reign of the Father, Amen. forever making intercession, and he has made a place for me. Yes, and yes. Amen. Praise the Lord. Sorry, I won't start preaching. I could. <laughs> Amen. I could. Praise God. Yes, sir. Yeah. I just know that it took me, like, I, until coming back here, had never understood the, like, that whole concept of the cup of wrath to mm-hmm. the extent. Like, and then I was like, Lord, like, how did I not know this? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, because I've been in church my whole life. I mean, I've read the Bible. I've not always had Bible teachers, though. I've not mm-hmm. always had the right resources that I knew, you know, that right. I needed. But um, it was just wild to me that I did not know that. And if I didn't know it, I know there's a lot of people that don't know it. Either, yeah. yeah. You know, and I'm not saying that to lift myself up, but I know that I've grown up in church my whole life. I've been saved since I was a child. Mm-hmm. And so and that whole scene is just so crucial to the gospel. Like, Amen. it's just so crucial. Amen. And, Amen. And ever since I've just been like, how can we? I'm just I, my prayer is that the Lord shows us and helps and, and the Holy Spirit helps us with practically getting the gospel out there to those who haven't been taught to Amen. church because and I'm not just trying to bash churches or anything, but this is the whole body of Christ. There's just been a lack of of good teaching, a lack of like, sure, you know, and so I now just want as many people to be able to hear and know as possible. Yeah. Well, I remember when I first got saved. And I was starting to travel and preach a lot of places. Um, I heard a preacher one time say, well, John Piper says this. And I was like, well, that's a good saying. Maybe I'll look up this guy. And so I listened to um, a sermon. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, I'm like, are you like, that's the gospel? Because that's not what I've been taught. And so I, it took me, that took me on a journey of studying, diving, praying, and I literally had a whole theological shift because for the first time in three years, I heard the word grace. I was like, oh, I, it's not about my performance. It's not about me. It's about him. Like, And everything in my life began to change. The gospels became alive. I started to understand things. Um, honestly, sin that I had dealt with for a long time started to fall off because now it was more about Jesus um, and it changed my life, like to understand the gospel, to understand the truth. And I heard so many preachers say this. A lot of preachers either preach just a salvation message to unbelievers or they leave the gospel alone because, well, that's for unbelievers. But me and Hannah can contest it. I preach the gospel all the time, but I may not preach it to unbelievers. I may just be reinforcing unbelievers what's happened in us mm-hmm. because we have to understand who we are and who we have become in and through Christ and what he did on the cross. And I am not afraid to be um, theological because I think 
I want everybody that listens to if if you're if you're at Bethel, I want you to be able to be able to tell me what propitiation means. Why? Because we want everybody to be smart. And all. No, it's a big deal. The fact that he satisfied the wrath that was due unto me. He satisfied it. And because he satisfied it, he became the propitiation of my sins. I never have to fear being judged. I will never be judged for 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 judgment's sake of wrath. Right. I will be judged for works and right. my my bad works, like the works that I did for myself or vain or glory, they'll burn up and there'll right. be no rewards for them. Right. But because the wrath has already been satisfied, I'm not looking for a day where I'll be judged mm-hmm. for wrath. No. I'm looking for a day when I'll be judged for rewards because of what Christ has done. Right. But if if we don't teach the propitiation of our sins that he has satisfied the wrath, then believers, and I know the believers, they're waiting for wrath still. They're like, oh man, I hope I don't get. I hope this ain't. I hope it's not too bad. Or, I hope I make it. I hope I make it. I don't know if I'm gonna make it. And they they need to just really get right with God. Yeah, um, I mean, because he he will give you that peace uh, uh, that passes all understanding. And and when you get that, you know you're all right. I mm-hmm. mean that he has paid the price and and you're yeah. safe regardless. All all the demons, uh, Satan, and all the demons in the universe. They can't take you to hell. I mean, I, I can sell out. Esau sold out. I mean, I can sell out. But uh, <coughs> as long as I want to serve God, all the demons, Satan and all the demons in the universe, yeah. uh, can't take me to hell. They but can't what's do sad it. is there are many denominations that teach you not to ask those questions. And people are in, in these systems and in these religions that want them to just rely upon whoever's teaching them this false doctrine and it's so sad and i us as believers if you believe in the power of prayer we need to be having a burden for for these the people that are in these religions and we don't we don't need to i mean we need to focus on saving you know winning souls and unbelievers but there's a there's a lot of people in denominations that are not saved and they think that they are or they think they know jesus they think they understand the gospel and they don't and my heart does go out to them because mm-hmm. it, it it's sad that they're being deceived. Exactly. So we just need to remember those who are under deception right now. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. We yeah. see in Revelation a picture of Jesus where he has the eyes of fire, and we read over in First Corinthians chapter three or two or three, it talks about our works being judged. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're not at the great white throne judgment; we're at the judgment seat of Christ. Yep. Uh, do you think that? Jesus' eyes just looking upon you would, would pass the judgment. Uh, what do you think about that? I think whenever he comes with the eyes of fire in Revelation, he's coming with judgment. Yes. Um, so. The first time Jesus came, he came as a lamb to lay down his life. The right. second time, he's coming as a lion to roar. Mm-hmm. And I think he's coming with a ferociousness, <clears throat> and I think he's coming with a judgment. But I think, I think the fire of God can either pierce your heart or destroy your heart. And I believe that when he looks at us as believers, our hearts will melt in his hand. But as if he looks at you as an unbeliever, I believe you're, you know, right. I, I think it's really just what side of the fence you're on. Um, that's just, that's my interpretation. But I, I do understand what you're saying. Like um, his, his, his gaze must be piercing. And if we're right with him and we're, we're walking with him in communion, I think that gaze would be intimate and it would be, it yes. would be compelling and it's going to yes. be melting. Yes. But if you're not right with him, I think you will feel the weight of your sin. I think you'll feel the weight of your judgment. Amen. I think he will pierce through every wall you try to build. But at that point, too, I think that you start to understand some, like, I have, he is holy. 
mm-hmm. and I am not. Right. Yeah. And I don't. I mean, I think his. I think his eyes are going to be piercing, mm-hmm. but again, I think it's going to be dependent on how you're going to be pierced. Right. Right. I don't know if that makes sense or not. It's hard. Yeah. I never really thought about that question. I'm just going right, right off top what well, I can yeah, respond. That, that's, uh, uh, it's a good question. Yeah, I have to. I have to meditate on it a little bit more. What was but that? Can you say that question again so I can write it down? Oh, I oh, like okay, it. Not. Well, I, uh, I just think about Jesus. Uh, his eyes are as you know, like fire, and when he looks upon us in the First Corinthians, it's either chapter two or chapter three. Uh, uh, we'll be judged. I wonder if it will be. If we look upon him, he looks at us. You know, is that or what the judgment will be there, or is it different? And Aaron gives some good thoughts on that. So, yeah, yeah I don't really know how the judgment's going to happen. Yeah, but I, I really don't believe that the judgment seat of Christ is going to be with fire just uh, to that would burn us up. You know. Yeah. I mean, well, it yeah. talks about our work, our works being burned. Yeah, they, uh, they'll be burned. Wood, hay, stubble. You right. Know. Yeah. Right. Those things will be burnt. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people talk like there's that the Lord's just going to walk through every situation and show everybody everything you do in judgment. See, here's the thing for me. If the Bible says that my sin is thrown in the sea of forgetfulness, and it's as far as the east is from the, the west, west. Yes. I don't believe he's bringing up my sin again. It, it's right. not coming back it's up. Gone, it's gone. Yeah, it's, it's done. It's been forgiven. Up. It's under the blood. It is forgotten. Amen. It is... And Amen. so it would almost be a lie to say that my sins as far as the east from the west, if he's going to bring it up still. Right. right. Um, so I don't think it's our sin. I think he's going to walk through things we did in our life that we perceived as good, things we thought we were doing for him, and he's going to reveal some things we did for him and some things we did for vainglory. Right. But what about, so, right. like, I, after salvation, when we have knowledge of, oh, we're running out of time, but when we have knowledge and we're walking, we are disobedient in certain times. Like that's what I think of that because we will be held accountable for certain things. We will be accountable for what we say and how we say it, like idle words and right. stuff like that. Right. Um, but I, gosh, we're we're out of time. <laughs> how can I do this? And I don't know if we can do this in three minutes because we're gonna have to. It's a bigger picture. Like I think we have to understand the full gospel, the full judgment, and how it's gonna play out. Because again, we are going to be held. There is a level of accountability. Like, there's a great accountability for teachers. All right. So yes, there's there's going to be that. But I think we have to be careful from from the standpoint of thinking it's for judgment of our sin because our sin is forgiven even after the sin after we we have been born again. Our sin is still being forgiven. Our sin is still being forgotten. And so I think when we go back to the accountability sake, and I'm, I'm trying to hurry. I wish I could unpack this so much more. Mm-hmm. I think the accountability' sake is how we use the time that God give us to serve Him. Yeah. Well, yeah. let me ask you one question, right? Okay. Uh, in First John, it says if we confess our sin, He's talking to Christians. He's faithful and just. Yeah. But yes. if a Christian don't confess his confess sin. their sin and and repent, say God forgive me, you know, I realize I've sinned. Uh, I, I I don't see that in the flesh I'm forgiven if I don't ask for forgiveness. Even though I'm a Christian, I mean that that sin is going to be a problem to me. Yeah, if, if I don't repent over it. Yeah, I think that sin for me, the problem it presents is communion. Right. I think. Right. I don't cease to be a son because I've sinned. Right. But right. communion with my father could be bro- altered. I don't want to say broken because right. I believe as a son, as a son and daughter, 
communion will not be broken with the Father, but it can be altered and hindered with the Father. Does that make sense? Because I think that we are with him. And I think he's never forsakes me or he never no, leaves no, me. No, no. Um, nothing can pluck me out of his hand. Exactly. Um, now, can we dive out of his hand? That's another question for another day. And I've, mm-hmm. I've talked about that a little bit, but we are running out of time. So because <laughs> 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 um, this is that we're just we're getting interesting. Um, but it, it is. These are the things we lo- we don't talk about, like right. we don't dive deep into. And right. literally, we have about 10 seconds and I can't dive any deeper than what we've done today. <laughs> but these are really good questions. Uh, maybe we'll continue some of these with Jason and Miss Gretchen on on Monday. I have um, a text message I'll read okay. before we run out of time. Uh, Renee texted in and said a lot of people also don't realize how much the gospel applies to our time here on earth there's so much here that people don't realize that's right that's right well um we got to go we're out of time we love you guys so much every pastor preach fire preach truth give your give your people something to grow and chew on that can change them not just on sunday morning but on wednesday afternoon we love you guys we'll be back Monday morning, 7 a.m. Central Time here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network.